this morning I got up preparing myself to go to church, right? So I got up and I'm getting dressed and I'm getting the children ready to go. And what I saw was on Facebook. So, you know, I'm scrolling on Facebook. You know, we all guilty. We get up and scroll through to see what's going on, see if we missed anything. And so, you know, I saw the post about Spain, you know, post on Facebook today about Spain and the winery and how, you know, the wine burst out of one of its containers and the wine was just spilling out, just spilling out, red wine, spilling out, right? So, okay, cool. So I get on my way and I get to church and pastor talked about putting new wine and old wine skin. Pastor talked about putting new wine and old wine skin. And that thing just made my heart jump for joy because I knew it was the Lord talking. See, the Lord will talk to us if we'll just listen. And it ain't coming the way you think it's going to come. That big booming voice you think going to come down from the sky to say, I am God and this is what you need to do. Yeah, uh-uh. No, God uses the simple stuff. Right? Sometimes he does. And so I was like, Lord, that's a whole word. Because we continuously try to put new information and new ways to be and new habits inside of an old body. We clean up on the outside, but we don't clean up the inside. And so we try to mix together the old and the new, the good and the bad, and call it all being saved. Well, no, that's not how it works. How about we let the Lord and his word transform our minds, our way of thinking, our perspective, so that we can take in this new information, this new set of goodness, and it can stay within us. And we can operate and apply it to everyday life, and our lives become better. All right, we got to stop trying to put new wine into old wine skin. All right, so it's me again, and today I want to talk about being tired, right? So this morning I was at work at Circle K. 4 a.m. and closer to time to get off a guy comes in and uh, he buys a newspaper which newspaper prices are utterly ridiculous oh. but anyway so he buys the newspaper and I find the newspaper the picture of Trump in a rally he's at or whatever blah 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 blah, blah. and and I was like, oh, you know, another another rally, you know. And the first thing he says is, I'm so tired of all this. Right? And, I mean, I'm not racist at all. I'm equal opportunity for all races. Um, <laughs> um, but, you know, he was of the European persuasion. So then... I thought back to another incident when I was working at a quote-unquote Indian store. So, um, which is literally a store that's ran by Indians, Indians from India and not Native Americans. So anyway, um, so 
I remember talking to another guy of the European persuasion, right? And, you know, he was like, you know, uh, he was tired of all of it. I think they had the channel set to the news. So, you know, he's talking about how tired of this he is and how tired of that and all this, that, and third, right? Tired of hearing about, you know, all the social injustice, you know, because white people get killed too, right? Um, and, you know, you're tired of hearing about which president is better or which one's worse and which did nothing when all of them did nothing and none of them are better than the other one and so forth and so on. And um, just, you know, all the things he's tired of, right? But then I think about who I am and the things that I'm tired of and the things that people like me may be tired of and we're so tired of it that the tiredness comes out of that acknowledgement category, that acknowledgement step, you know, the first step to, you know, getting better or whatever is um, admitting you have a problem, you know, so, you know, we've admitted, hey, you know, I got a problem, I'm tired, and I'm tired of this, 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 and that, and the third, right, and so, but the problem is, what's making him tired is people got tired of just being tired and started doing something about it even if it's just saying something I mean we all can do something from wherever we are from whatever level of power we have we all can do something so if it's just saying something or identifying some things that are wrong and making people aware of it you know that's your contribution however whatever but I mean it just kind of dawned on me like okay we're tired of the injustice you're tired of us talking about the injustice yet the situation doesn't really change and so then I thought to myself why does the situation not change you get tired, you say something about it, you fight about it, but little small things are done and organizations are created and, you know, more smaller meeting circle parties are made to oversee that something that's never implemented is implemented and all of that, right? But nothing really, like, the problem doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. And I don't believe it's a problem that the president can fix. It's not a problem that an elected official can fix, that a law can be voted on and passed and it'll fix it. None of those things are gonna fix it. I don't mean, I don't think so. I feel like our problem is we lack love. We lack love. Love is said to cover what a multitude of sins. And, you know, love allows you to forgive and let go. And, you know, love allows you to communicate and open your mouth and say what you need to say and also shut up when you need to shut up and listen. Love allows you to take that criticism even though it hurts your feelings, but you, re- you recognize it's the truth. You know, love gives the criticism that might hurt the feelings of someone else, but it's the truth that needs to be heard. You know, love allows us to do this, to do and receive what is done. 
but we don't love. We don't love nobody. We barely love ourselves if we're just really honest about it. You know, a lot of us, you know, put on a whole parade beginning to end about how much you love yourself, but it's not really evident. You know, because if we loved ourselves, we wouldn't treat other people like we wouldn't treat ourselves the way we treat ourselves. We wouldn't treat other people the way we treat other people. You know, I mean, it's ridiculous how we treat people. You know, and you know, we we put on these airs as if we're one thing when we're really something else. I really believe the person you are is however you act when you're at a place of business and things are not going your way. That's who you are. Not the person you pretend to be when you're around certain people and only those people see you be that person. I mean, working at a gas station. Yeah, it's a gas station, a convenience store. It's a minimum wage job. I mean, I'm tired of Black Lives Matter lying. People lying about Black Lives Matter. Some of y'all don't really even care about a black life, don't even care about your own life, let alone the next black person's life. Because it's funny to me how my black behind works at this gas station and older black people who love to holler out about they march for my ass and they did this for my ass. But then you come in here and treat my ass like shit about the prices of things that I don't even have any control over. And the second I don't want to be bothered with that tomfoolery, now I got to be everything but my name or a child of God. And all that in the same breath, you want somebody to what respect you because you're an elder. But black lives matter, right? Sick of it. Sick of it. Then when I think of all that think about one thing Eric Thomas says if it ain't on the inside don't go on the outside which is the same to me it translates to me as he's saying from the Bible from the Lord as a man thinketh so is he now the abundance of the heart man speaks around and we treat each other where we treat each other with us how we feel about each other on the inside and we feel this way about each other on the inside because of the past experiences we've had with not those people maybe those people but most likely somebody else and we just categorize and stereotype everybody into this small little box and that's how we choose to treat people by that's our basis Oh, you're in this category, so I'm treating you like this. You don't even know the person. You don't even know who that is. You don't even know who that person will be in your life. But that's how you're going to treat them. You done summed them up already because your past experience tells you this. You don't even know them. But their life matters. That is, you know, when they get shot by a police officer and he don't get locked up for it. Really? 
we want people like to take us seriously, right? Well, if they're going to take us seriously, that means we got to get tired of our BS ways and do better. It ain't just black people, it's all people. We need to learn how to love ourselves and each other. Learn how to forgive. Hurt people hurt people. It's what they know, because it's what is on the inside. They got hurt on the inside, and the hurt comes out. She said he was tired. I'm tired, too. It's me again. I'm recording today because there has just been so much on my mind. Like, there have been days I've thought about things and I'm like, man, I need to share that. And I don't. But it's just been so much, just so many things ranging all over the place. Just the other day, I came home from work and I told my husband, I said, <clears throat> if we had all the labels that we have now, when I was in school, I would have been labeled special ed. I would have been O D D E B D A D D A D H D. I mean A B C D E F G H I J K. I would have been a whole bunch of them. A whole bunch of them, and that meant something to me because I thought about my K through twelve career. Kindergarten, I mean, Head Start, kindergarten, great. Loved it, had a blast. Great, first grade, I meet a teacher who's probably taught my other sisters. I'm three of four, so a lot of the times I had teachers that my sisters had, so I was constantly being compared to them, and then did I, you know, live up, you know, the expectations. But anyway, I had a teacher, really frustrating. That was a turning point. First grade, her class, her, that experience, turning point. You know, as a first grader, when I did my work, I had to hold my paper with my left hand, write with my le- um, right hand. Otherwise, otherwise, I couldn't write anything. You know, I would tear up the paper or mess it up, whatever. The paper would move and it would get on my nerves. And I was accused one day by <clears throat> a little white girl, because, you know, I'm black. So she's a little white girl. She goes and says my teacher, a white teacher, you know, she pinched me. I hadn't touched her. I hadn't touched her, and I had never gotten in trouble a day in my life, right? Never, ever. Not at school. I had been good thus far, and that's not saying much. It was first grade, but I'm just saying. And, you know, the teacher calls me up there, and she asked me, and she kept asking me and kept asking me, and I kept telling her the same thing. And a part of me, my first grade self, was just like, she shouldn't keep asking you the same question over and over when you've already told her your answer. <clears throat> Why is she looking for you to say something else? Why is she looking for something to change? Why does she not believe you? Okay, so from that point, or I don't, you know, for I don't like this lady, you know, I'm mad, you know, and who can I really go tell? So I'm just mad. I just keep it on the inside. I'm mad. And so, you know, from that point forward, every day, 
I come in <clears throat> and just find out, look for opportunities to just do something, just to, to get on her nerves. I never thought that I was a bad child. I just didn't like her and I wanted her to know. I want her to feel the way I felt in first grade. And after that, I made my mind up to believe that all teachers were like her. So I ain't trust any of them. I wait to see, you act like her? Yep. So, you know, from that day forward, you know, I was just in school and I was, I was learning, quote unquote, and I was doing my work, making good grades, but I was getting in trouble. Right, because I just made my mind up that they were against me, and so hey, whatever, I'm gonna show them, which was stupid in hindsight, dumb, waste of time, waste of energy. However, that's what I thought, and you know, on top of that, you know, just I'll go to class, get my work done real fast, talk to everybody. I didn't, I never knew a stranger, never knew a stranger. You could put me by anybody in the classroom, and I was gonna run my mouth real good too. We was gonna have us a good old time talk about knee slapping laugh till you cry can't breathe good time it didn't matter where you put me i was talking we was having a good time my work was done i don't know about theirs but hey i was all right seventh grade year changed everything you know uh it was one time i was really trying to listen to my dad who i didn't have the best relationship with and so he was like you know hey seventh grade year you can you can start over these people don't know you they haven't heard, you know, that's what he thought. They hadn't heard anything about you. They don't know you have a clean slate, fresh start, you know, and it can be a good year. And you know what? I really believe that. Like, that really got deep down on the inside. You know, like, yeah, I could. It didn't go that way. Needless to say, it was like the worst school year ever. So, you know, still talking too much. I was doing my work, but my grades weren't as good as they used to be. Um... Then I'm getting in trouble because, you know, I'm, I'm peer pressured and, and listening and doing stupid stuff. And so getting a fight on the bus all over some stupid stuff and suspended off the bus and suspended from school and <sighs> making C's. And I think at that time we had D's. I'm not sure. D's come and go as they will. Um, so anyway, but none of that was like the come to Jesus moment. None of that was it. None of that was it. Come to Jesus came is when I made an F in pre-algebra. I couldn't make, couldn't believe, could not believe I made an F. Me, F, me, and an F. Me and a, a piece of paper that said that I had achieved an F of who? I didn't really understand that at all. I was like, me, I made an F. Does that mean I'm stupid? Like, I'm dumb. I'm dumb. I'm dumb. I'm the dumb sister. I'm the dumb child. Me, I'm the slow one. Like, I just, I don't know. It was just like a major hit to everything that I was. I don't know, or believed, or thought, or felt, or perceived. I just couldn't understand it. And so, you know, that was the the come to Jesus. That was the come to Jesus. And I just, I just decided I was better than that. That I'm not an F, I'm not a failure, I'm not dumb, I'm not stupid, I don't talk too much, I don't this, that, and the third. I'm not any of that. Not because they say so, not because that's what I've been doing and that's what I've been acting like. I am not that. And 
it's time to show that. It's time to be what I really am. And so I work my butt off. I work my butt off. I'm not a person who just simply sits and and just knows stuff. I'm not that person. No, that bookworm person that just knows everything for no reason. And you wonder, well, why do you even know that? No, that's not me. I just work my butt off. I pay attention. I ask questions. I'm never ashamed to not know because I want to know. And I'll ask. And if you don't answer, shoot, I'll ask somebody else. It is what it is. I'll look it up. I'll Google it. I'll think about it. I'll process. I'll make connections. I'll reflect. That's who I am. I work hard. And I just know. I mean, I just know from being raised in church all my life. I'm one of those children that were raised in church all their life. If I don't know, if I don't know my name, I know how to go run a church service. Because I've been in church all my life. And so I just know, I just knew. And I was, that I was more than what I had been. And nobody could really see who that was. Because I let that person a long time ago have enough power over me for me to change who I was and act differently and make poor decisions to act irrationally off of emotions on top of the fact that my energy level is always at a thousand So I became more. I worked my butt off. My eighth grade year, honor roll, perfect attendance. One detention. One detention. Still had a little issue with that talking. <laughs> but, you know, high school went on, worked my butt off. I think I made maybe two Bs over the course of those four years. Graduated, number one in my class. Not because I was smarter, because Lord knows, Lord knows, Lord knows that I know. Lord knows that I know, and I know she knows too, Vanessa Lewis, one of the greatest to ever do it, and will continue to do it. Awesome educator. I know she's smarter than me, way smarter than me. Buku's of light years, smarter than me. I know this. I just worked my butt off for it. Opportunity, favor, allowed me to to be number one. I know this. But if I had have been number two, it would have been an honor to be number two to her. But yes, I chose to be something. I chose to be myself. I chose to be better than what I had been. I chose to rise to the the expectation, the challenge of, you know, you had two sisters before you who are awesome, could do no wrong. I chose something different. 
And that's what makes me feel like the students that I have who are, you know, special ed or whatever, or have disabilities, um, I feel like too often they're told that they can't, they can't, they can't. You can't really, and you can't do this, and, and you, you can't do that, and you'll never really be able to do this, and you're just, you know... I don't know. I feel like it's been said too much directly, indirectly, in roundabout ways, sugar-coated, dressed up, whatever. And I think it's really gotten on the inside of a lot of them. And they don't try. They don't try, but I just believe, not all, because some may have, you know, extenuating circumstances that, you know, whatever, but I just think, it ain't that I think, I just know they can. They can, like you can. I mean, special ed, regularly slow, whatever you want to call it. Like, I don't care what you call it. Like bad, uh, non-motivated, whatever. But you can be all them things, but you just, you can. Like you can. I just feel like. It's a decision you make. I mean, it's just it's just something on the on the inside lets you know that you're not what they say that you are, and that all you gotta do is just want it, just want it enough to work for it, and to work and keep working for it till it happens. Like, I, they just you can, you can. You can. I mean, I look at all these labels, these definitions for these labels, and I could label myself these things. I really could. I know I could. I would fit right in perfectly. I would be the example. But I still had enough willpower. I still had enough, I don't know, enough people on the outside saying that I wasn't what I was acting like. I had enough, you know, information flowing in my ear gates to know that, you know, I could be something. I could, I mean, I had help to do it. But I just had to want, and, and, and not just want, because I think we get stuck at wanting. Wanting is good, good. Want something, but we gotta do, we gotta work. The work. The work. The work is where it is. The work, the process, what it takes to get there. And to get there and then keep going. We gotta stop just waking up and going somewhere because we're supposed to be there and coming back home and then doing it all over again like it just can't be the end of it like it, it's it's more than that you gotta choose you gotta choose I just need those students who are afraid to try because nobody ever believed they could. I just need you to just, just do it. And you know what? If it didn't work out, I mean, let's look at it, see where it went wrong, and let's let's just do it again. Like, 
until it happens, it's in it's in the work. It's in the work. Man, it's in the work. We gotta we gotta be willing to work. We gotta be willing to choose. Nobody has to believe it. Nobody but you. You gotta believe it. You believe it. That's enough. It ain't what they say. It ain't what they say. Because who are they? And they don't know you. And they don't know what it is to be you. So why give them so much power? I thought about that this week. Like, we really don't know what it is to be other people. Whether they're on their mountaintop or in their valley low or in between, we don't know. Just like people don't know what it is to be us. And they may not know why or understand why today ain't the day and they better not. But everybody has their go through. Everybody has their portion. You don't know what they're eating. What they're having to suck up and keep it pushing about right now. We got to do better. We got to get past just admitting we got to do better. And to do better, got to get better. And it got to get better ASAP. And it can get better ASAP because we just got to want it. We got to want it and then put in the word. We got to put in the word. We got to put in the word. Good morning. It's me, Pittman. And today I have had the pleasure of having an insightful conversation with myself. (laughs) Now, no, I didn't sit and talk out loud and wait for myself to answer, but while completing a last minute task due to last minute revelation, I started thinking some things to myself. Lately, I've kind of found myself wondering and pondering over this cycle I seem to find myself in. And it's like, you know, I'll start a year off and I'm working towards this, 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 and I want to accomplish that, that, and that. And, you know, I get going and I build some momentum and it's always something that comes along and starts to slow my momentum down. And so eventually, like, I stop and become stagnant. And then I'll shake it off, (laughs) get it together, you know, motivate myself, pep myself up, get myself going, replan, rethink, whatever the case may be, reanalyze goals, reflect, all that kind of stuff like that. And I get back going. I'm going, I'm moving, I'm making moves and I'm putting in work and I'm focused until things start happening and it slows me down and then I stop and then I'm not making any progress. And that seems to be the cycle that I am stuck in. And then I'm like, why? And I'm like, why? 
like something something is not right somewhere up in here and I need to find where it is what what's the issue what's the problem what's going on why am I stuck in a cycle instead of making progress continual consistent progress you know so I sit and I think to myself and I'm like you know I I get up and I, I go to work and I do this and I do that and I I try to do this and I try to do that like you know but why do I do this and why do I do that like when my husband like we'll sit and we'll talk about stuff like I might do something or I might say something and you know he'll laugh or whatever and then like we'll have like a little chat and he'll tell me like you know you know when you do this it comes off this way or whatever and I'm just like totally amazed because I'm like I don't believe that you know I come off where I do that like I don't I don't think I do, but, you know, how can I be the accurate judge of that? I'm not on the receiving end. So, you know, so I take all that stuff, you know, in, you know, and I take criticism and I, you know, I might go back and pull up that file when so-and-so said this about how I did that. And I'm like, okay, well, what's at the root of all that? What does all that say? You know, what does all of that mean? All the criticism, all the chats, the talks, the discussions, the reflections, the, the goal planning, all of everything. What does all of this mean? What, what's, what's going on? Why am I stop and go, stop and go? Um, and I really realized, I said to myself, you really haven't let go. Because... Um, And how I got to that place was, I remember, you know, my pastor says all the time, and I've always heard in church, and, you know, mentors have always said, you know, out of the abundance of the heart, man speaks. You know what I'm saying? Uh, You know, what's in you comes out. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, people can go and pretend to be this, 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 and that, but who they really are always shows up because what's in you comes out. And so... I was like, well, what's coming out? And I'm thinking about it. I'm like, hmm. So I'm like, well, if this is what's coming out, then why is it coming out? Why do I come across as, you know, mean or or, uh, angry or whatever the case may be? Like, what or rude or whatever people might think or say, aggressive, whatever the adjective is. um, You know, why do I come across as that? What's the root of all that? And in my mind, in my, you know, reflection to myself, the only thing it can be is not completely letting go. Not completely letting go to, not to, but of, of bad situations, bad circumstances, life happenings, um, disappointments. Uh, regrets or whatever and I don't really feel like I have any regrets I've done a lot of stupid stuff don't get me wrong I've made lots of bad decisions <laughs> I've done anyway I but I don't have regrets because I try to learn from the things that I do right and from the things that I do wrong and I just try to take it in stride but it's kind of like the way I look at it, it's like when you say you forgive somebody, but if somebody brings their name up, you still kind of, you know, get that feeling. <laughs> and, you know, if you don't stop, it's going to go left and you're going to be mad all over again. Well, if you feel like that, you really haven't forgiven them or you really haven't let them go.
go of the situation or maybe you haven't forgiven yourself but something's still amiss it's not completely dealt with you know it's not done so that's how I feel so I gotta let it go like I like like I said I've made bad decisions gone through a lot of stuff in life I've made bad decisions myself put myself in bad predicaments and situations um just from not knowing any better, not caring to know any better, being reckless, just being, or just being plain stupid. You know, life also happens. I mean, life happens to everybody, so, you know, no past there, you know, and then, you know, whatever was planned for me. So, I mean, it ain't all someone else's fault and the world doesn't owe me anything. Majority of what I've been through, I probably put myself there I like to think. Um, so, I mean, I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim. I'm not. But I'm not wanting to hold on to it anymore. Like, it's just, it's time. Like, I got to get out of my own way. I got to really let this stuff go. I got to really forgive those people. I got to really forgive myself. I got to really suck it up and own it for what it was, for what it is, and for what it's not. But what I can't do is keep traveling, traveling with it. It's time to let that be what it is. It is, it was, it did, it didn't. However, but I'm still here. I'm still able to do. And I have the time, whatever time the Lord allows me to have. So there's no need to waste any more time being stuck in those places or with those people. It is what it is. It's over, it's done with, it's did, it's done. It did what it did, it did what it didn't do. I felt how I felt. But it didn't stop anything. Not anything that was meant to happen, because what's meant for me is for me, will be for me. And the only person that'll keep me from it is me. So today I choose forgiveness. I choose to forgive it forgive them forgive me and I also choose to let go to let go and really move forward and to continue to move forward not being held back or slowed down by those things that are behind me forward progression truly letting go no residue, no little bit still held on to, none of that, all of it, bye-bye. <laughs> because it's time, it's time that I be my best self, my best me, live my best life, not for me, but for my purpose. For my family, they deserve me, my best me. So it's about time I give it to them.
Oh, it's already recording. My God. <laughs> Hi, it's me. It's Sharon Pittman. Um, today I want to talk about change. And the thing about change that I want to talk about is the fact that change is a choice. It's a choice that you have to make every day. And it's a it's a conscious choice. Like you actively have to make this choice every day, all day long in the areas in which you know you're trying to change or grow um i caught myself the other day driving home i was driving on the way home and i said man for days no yet weeks i have been frustrated leaving work frustrated totally burnt out done finished Dreading the fact that I know I'll blink two times and it'll be morning and it's time to go back. Then I thought about it and openly said it. I said, every year I want a new job. Every year around this time, I'm considering what else do I know how to do so I can find some other career field or path. And I asked myself, I questioned myself, why why did I want this job in the first place? Like, what was I thinking? <clears throat> and it's funny because I, I told myself the very thing that you do all the time and care about doing, enjoy doing, do without thinking is the very thing that frustrates you. I love to help people. I love, I mean, in any way that I am able to, I like assisting people. I like helping people get from one point to the next. I like helping people work on being better than what they are, getting what they need to be successful, you know, thinking about, you know, just ways to get there. I love helping people succeed. I love to see people succeed. And it's the very thing that frustrates me. I get so frustrated when it feels like, man, I just want you to make it, but man, you fight me tooth and nail not to, and I just don't understand. And it drives me crazy, literally. Huh. Then I had to remind myself, <clears throat> hey, you can't save everybody. B, you can't help everybody. C, everybody's not open to help. Uh, or, you know, D, everybody doesn't believe they need help. Eve, some people are just not trying to be successful. You can't make them want it. And you have to be all right with that. And that's the part I feel like I get stuck right there at that point of you can't make them want this even if you believe they need it or should have it or it it benefits them you can't you just can't it's like you can lead a horse to water (laughs) and that joker can pant all day but if he don't drink it because i can scoop the water and put it in your mouth but that don't mean you're gonna swallow And I have to find a way to be okay. I have to figure that part out. That's the part I hadn't gotten yet. I 
like to believe once I get that part, I can do my job better. I mean, I'm always looking for ways to be better at my job. And I really feel like the only way to be a good teacher is to really care about the well-being of the child. But even if you do that, there's still the chance that that child's not going to do the work, is not going to care. It's not going to get it in that moment. And I have to be okay with that. I have to be okay with if they choose to take the scenic route. And that's exactly what I did. I bet some of us are just like, man, I just wish little Sharon King would get it so we could stop going around this bush every day, every week, every month, every, you know, every school year. If we could break this, this routine, this habit, this cycle. Because I see so much more in her. The same way I see so much more in my students. In order to change, in order to grow, you gotta choose it. And as bad as you want to do what you've always done, or to get something you never had, you gotta do something different.